Good morning, class. Good morning. <laughs> Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and this is Faith School, the place where our spirit gets fed, our faith grows stronger, and we learn how to be overcomers. It's not God's will for us to be defeated, to be broken, to be down, to be hurting. He took our infirmities and carried our pains. It's not His plan for us to be condemned and ashamed. He took our place. He bore the chastisement of our peace. He paid the price and gave us His righteousness. We are foreordained. We are predestined to be the victorious ones, the overcomers. You, you would think that with children of God. <laughs> children of God shouldn't be the downcast. They are the overcomers, whether they act like it or not. And uh, we at Faith School, we act like it. Amen. Is that right, class? So come on in here. We saved you a seat. Get your Bible. Get you something to take some notes with and come on in. And believe God to feed your, your spirit and your faith and, and cause your uh, uh, vision to be elevated and come up to a higher place in Him. Lord, we agree together, all of us, the uh, faith school class around the world, we agree together as touching this thing, asking you for the anointing, asking you for utterance and answers, direction and help. And we purpose to be doers of the word and we give you the praise and glory for every good thing that happens in our lives. We'll tell everybody that'll listen that you did it and that you'll do the same thing for them too. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. If you would go in the great textbook again today to Hebrews, the 10th chapter, we've been studying this great uh, Hebrews 11 chapter of uh, faith. Uh, many call it the hero, Heroes Hall of Fame of Faith. And uh, it begins actually in the 10th chapter. This wasn't, wasn't written, written in chapter and verse. But in verse 38, he said, Now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul will have no pleasure in him. Or in other words, I won't be pleased with him. This idea comes up repeatedly through the chapter about what he's pleased with, what he approves and what he doesn't. But we are not of them who draw back unto perdition or destruction, but we are of those that believe to the saving of the soul. Say that out loud. I, I'm not a doubter. I'm not a drawing back coward. I'm a believer. I'm a believer. And I experience salvation. And I experience salvation. Hallelujah. He goes on to say, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, by their faith, the elders obtained a good report. God testified to their faith. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which were seen were not made of things which do appear. God didn't make all of the material universe out of nothing. He made it out of things and substance that you can't see. It's real, but you just can't see it. In verse 5, we see Enoch had an experience of that. By faith, Enoch 
was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. See, again, that same thought about pleasing God, which led up to this great verse that we're so familiar with, verse 6, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is, and in other words, and you must believe he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. You must believe that God exists, that he's real, that he's God, but that's not enough. You, you must also believe something about his nature, who he is, what kind of God he is, and that is his willingness to bless you when you seek him, his willingness to, to reach out to you when you reach out to him. We read in Genesis 5, if you want to look at that again, about what happened to Enoch, Genesis 5.22. Genesis 5.22 says Enoch walked with God. Uh, a couple of translations say Enoch lived in fellowship with God for 300 years. Uh, another one said he lived in close fellowship with God for 300 years and had other children. He lived to be 365 years old. He spent his life, this is the English version and the good news, he spent his life in fellowship or close fellowship with God. Then he disappeared because God took him away. He was translated. Did you hear that phrase? He spent his life in close fellowship with God. What should we do today? Is there something better to do? <laughs> he spent his life in close fellowship with God. Uh, look with me in 1 John. Let's, let's talk some today about how he did that. We know it was by faith, but in practical application of our faith, how do we do this? How did he do that? And how do we live our life in close fellowship with him? First John, uh, the first chapter and the sixth verse talks about this. First John 1 and 6 says, If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk, there's that term again, in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us. This is present tense continuous. Cleanses and keeps on cleansing. The blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Why? Because we're walking in the light. What is light? He, he contrasts light and darkness. Now, it's not, you know, that there's a possibility that somebody could do one of these two. We are doing one of these every day of our life. We're either walking in darkness or we're walking in light, spiritually. 
And of course, that affects your mind, it affects your body, it affects every part of your life. Um, the, the scripture talks about uh, fellowshipping with him and not loving uh, the world, but loving him and walking with him. Look in James, the fourth chapter. Let, let me just add some more scripture to you and we'll see how this comes together. James 4 and 8, excuse me, 4, 7, we'll start with 7. This is the NIV. James 4, 7, and 8. He said, submit yourselves then to God. This is a key to walking with Him. Remember we, uh, we quoted uh, yesterday's message on uh, Proverbs 3. Uh, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your paths. That acknowledging is also an act of submission. See, if you're full of pride, haughty, you don't think you need to ask anybody about anything. You make your plans, you do your, your thing, and depending on how proud you are, don't listen to anybody about what they think you ought to do or not do. But a child of God that's walking in faith, you can't walk in faith and walk in pride. <laughs> you just can't. But if you're walking by faith, you'll humble yourself before Him, and in all of your ways, you'll say, Lord, I need your help. I don't know how to do anything the way it should be done or could be done without your help without your direction. How many would acknowledge, I need his help. I need his help. I, right? Every day, every hour, in everything. And that's part of this, uh, the idea of walking with him is that we're not doing this alone. We're not just making our plans and making our decisions based on our best guess are other people's best information. I mean, we live in the information age. You can do a search on Google and in a split second come back with a million <laughs> hits. Well, it's foolish to think you have to sift through all that information and, and tally it up and see where the statistics and the trend is going. You can do all that for six months and still make the worst decision of your life. <laughs> Are y'all with me, friends? The, the reality is you, can, you and I just don't know enough and can't know enough to always make the right decision. For one thing, you don't know the future. Hmm? And who does? Well, we know somebody <laughs> who does, right? Our Father, our God, and He can cause us to know apart from all of this searching and reasoning and logic and statistics and trending, apart from all of this worldly stuff. We can acknowledge Him, look, He's on the inside of you, and check with Him and acknowledge Him, and Him just cause you to know. Amen. Just know which way to go. We're to function by the unction. We're to be flowing by the knowing. What knowing? He said, if you're a child of God, the Spirit of God, Romans 8 says, bears witness with your spirit. 
causes you to know something. And so uh, he said, James 4, 7, NIV, submit yourselves to God, resist the devil, he'll flee from you. Verse 8, come near to God and he will come near to you. Don't you like that? This is what Enoch did. He drew nigh or near to God. He did not that he saw anything or heard anything or felt anything. The Bible said he did it by faith, just because he believed God was there. And, and see, verse 5 and 6, well, they weren't even written in chapter and verse. They, they go together. They're part of the same. Uh, he said you've got to believe God exists, and you've got to believe that God is a rewarder, or we could also say a responder with good when you do seek him. That's how Enoch did what he did. He just believed that God was there. He believed God would hear him, and he went further and believed God that, that God would respond to him and that God would reward his seeking of him. Now, see, there's a whole lot of people on the planet. They've decided it is useless to go to church. There, there are even people that used to go to church that have decided it does no good to pray. So they quit praying long ago. Some never started. Millions, actually. There are people that say, it don't do, doesn't do any good to read the Bible. Try to believe. doesn't do any good. Well, it's not that God has forsaken them, but it feels to them like there is no God. It feels to them because they have no manifestation of his presence. And it's not because God doesn't care about them. It's not because he's not real. Not because he doesn't want to do anything in their life. It's because that's not how it works. You can't stand back and go, well, I don't feel anything. I don't see anything. I don't understand anything. So it must be nothing to see and understand. Well, that's really elevating your opinion and thoughts. We measure the entire universe and all existence by what you think. <laughs> no, honey, <laughs> you just don't know much. You've been alive this long <laughs> and no less than that. No, the way it works is you, you make a decision to believe and you reach out and you seek to find. Didn't Jesus say, seek, and what would happen? What, what would happen? Seek and you'll find. Ask, it'll be given to you. Knock, it'll be opened to you. But, but what happens first? It's not that you're waiting on God. You've got to reach out. You've got to ask. You've got to seek. Enoch sought God by faith. And he didn't quit after a day or two. <laughs> he didn't quit after a decade or two. He didn't quit after a century or two. He did it for 300 years every day. And he had long enough because people lived so long. There were other people practicing evil for that long, but he didn't. Enoch practiced the presence of God and the fellowship with the Father for all these years until he got so close to God. God got so real to him. The Father said, no, just don't go home today. You're home. Come, come home with me. How, God? I'll take you. Don't worry about it. I'll take you. 
<laughs> Next thing you know, Enoch is literally out of here. He's out of here. The Bible said he was translated. There are people that scratch their head about that. There are people that don't believe it. But they also don't believe that God spoke the world into existence. They also don't believe that Jesus was born of a virgin. They also don't believe that he's been raised from the dead physically. They're, they're unbelievers, not believing. And that's an unhappy life. <laughs> that's a powerless, no miracle, no result life. You don't have to live that way. If you'll dare to draw near. Oh, somebody say draw near. What did he say? He said, come near to God. What'll happen? He'll come near to you. The Amplified says it like this. Come close to God and he will come close to you. Somebody say, come close, come close, come close. How do you do that? How do you draw near? How, how do you come close? Well, Enoch did it by faith. You know, the, uh, the scripture says that there are people who draw near to him with their mouth, but their heart is far from him. Well, that's no good. Just talking religious talk. You don't just draw near to God with words that you learned and religious phrases acting like it's some kind of incantation. It's with the heart. And here's the amazing thing. We are spirit beings made in his likeness and image. The Bible said to be carnally minded is death. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. Whatever you set your mind on, it connects your spirit to. And you can be there. Have you ever, so, as people say, got lost in your thoughts? <laughs> it's not necessarily lost, but you know what I mean by that phrase. Uh, somebody say, hey, hey, <laughs> did I lose you? You're not here. What do they mean you're not here? Well, your body's here. What do you mean you're not here? Well, in your awareness, you actually were somewhere else. Reliving something else or imagining something else. That's the power of a focused thought. Well, just like people, any of us can focus our thoughts and mind on something bad and wrong. And, you know, you can be having a good day. No problems. And all at once think of something bad. And then begin to meditate on it and focus that and lose your joy. And lose your peace. And you're in the same place you were. And the same thing's going on around you. But you don't just live out here. You live in your thoughts. You live inside. You're a spirit being. And we've yet to find out. What that encompasses. What's the speed of thought? <laughs> you know. And God can be all places at once. He's not confined and limited to a physical body. We're made in his likeness and image. He's the father of spirits. We're the spirits he's father of. How do I walk with God? It's not so hard. You just 
Turn the other stuff off. Put your mind on him. Hallelujah. Focus on him. The Bible said after Jesus was raised from the dead, that two individuals were walking along a road and they were talking about him. And as they were talking about him, they looked up and he was there. <laughs> and the disciples, when they're in the upper, in inner room with the doors shut, they were talking about him, looked up and there he was. I know as a young boy growing up out in the country, we used to camp out, out in the woods. My dad bought us a tent. So, boy, we thought we were real outdoorsmen then, you know. We were young little guys. And so we'd try to fish and catch our supper. That didn't always work. So we'd carry some beans with us and other stuff, just back up. And we'd build our campfire and, you know. And invariably, though, sitting around the campfire in the dark, somebody wants to tell a scary story. And so they tell their scary story, and then after that, somebody's got to tell a worse one. More scary, more blood and guts, more, more you know, uh, and then somebody's got to top that. And prior to that, we had no fear at all. I mean, all day long, we're swinging through the trees like Tarzan. I mean, we're jumping in little mud holes we shouldn't have been in, and swimming and doing all kind of stuff. No fear where we should have at least had some caution. And now we heard a, a twig snap. Ah, what was that? <laughs> Saw some kind of shadow. Ooh, what was that? Fear. Fear manifested. What changed? What changed? And there was nothing there. What changed? Where our minds were what we started listening to, and then there became a real manifestation of the spirit of fear. Because you start talking about the wrong thing. And you start, you wind up actually fellowshipping with things you shouldn't be fellowshipping with. Old friend, if that's true, you can sure do it in the right way also. You can start talking about God. I've seen this before. Friends of mine, fellow ministers, we start talking about what God has done and, and what God did in the past and amazing things that he's manifested. And next thing you know, he shows up and starts doing it right there, right then. I've seen it over and over again. You start talking about him, how good he is, how real he is. Next thing you know, you sense his presence. Hallelujah. He's here. You start talking about him where your mind is matters. And your mind is somewhere all the time, but it's up to us to take it and put it. How did he walk with God? He did it by faith. How did he do it by faith? He drew away from all the loud stuff of the world around him and he put his mind on the maker. Somebody say, put your mind, put your mind. on your maker. Hallelujah. The Bible said, if you'll keep your mind stayed on him, he will keep you in perfect peace. Does that sound good to you? Perfect peace. So if you've been vexed and tormented and upset, it's obvious your mind's in the wrong place. You've been thinking on the wrong things. Hadn't been thinking about him. He wants to commune with you, child of God, 24-7. He wants you to wake up and be aware of him. He wants you to go to work, 
all through the day. You don't have to be praying out loud at the top of your voice, but you're aware he's there. And, you, and praying without ceasing, like the Bible says to do, doesn't mean that you're on your knees with your hands folded all the time. It just means all through the day you say, well, Father, I ask you to help me with this. Lord, what should I do about this? And you stop and acknowledge him and, and check inside. Are you just praising him? Thank you, Lord. Thank you so much for giving me life and strength and health today. Thank you so much for quickening me. Thank you for all the good things I enjoy. Thank you for the people that actually care about me. <laughs> I got for people that know me and still care about me. Oh, glory to God. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And you're not just saying it in a parroting religious, you know, ritual. You're actually aware I'm talking to him. Right? He's in me. I don't have to say things loud. He's inside me. <laughs> I'm communing with him. I'm fellowshipping with him. And First John said, if we'll walk in the light as he is in the light, the light is what you know to do, what you understand, the right you know, the good you know. Walk in what you know, and you'll walk in fellowship with him. He said, we have fellowship one with another. That's talking about you and the head of the church. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He that follows me won't walk in darkness, but he will have the light of life. Make up your mind. Make up your mind. I'm going to walk with the Lord. If Enoch could walk with the Lord under the old covenant, I can surely walk with the Lord in this new living and better covenant. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> Said out loud, I will walk with the Lord, the Lord. All, the days of my life. all the days of my life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Well, that's it for Faith School again. We love you. We believe in you. We'll see you next time. Well, friends, I've sure enjoyed being with you this week again in Faith School. Uh, I'm confident that good things are happening. We just get a continuous stream of good reports, uh, actually some outstanding and amazing things. I know many of you are partners with the ministry and you are sowing your prayers and your faith and your seed into this. And it is not in vain. I want to thank you. And I want to read what Paul said to his partners in Philippians. He said in verse 18 of chapter 4, I have all and abound. Uh, he had received what was sent from them, and his needs were fully met. And he said, verse 19, But my God is going to supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. And so you having uh, helped to underwrite this ministry, I want you to know God is faithful, and I'm believing that all of your needs are going to be supplied too. If you'd like to become a partner, uh, there's uh, information on the bottom of your screen there. Until next time, we're going to be in faith school, growing and rising higher and higher, giving glory to God.